my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Freeman. I will be joined shortly by my co-host, Alan Sturk. Tonight, we're going to be taking our first look at the Falcons' upcoming matchup in Week 15 against the San Francisco 49ers. We'll also be reading some of our iTunes reviews and ratings. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Alan. Um... What do you want to start with? You want to do iTunes? You want to do uh, 49ers? Oh, let's do 49ers. Okay. This is a juggernaut of a team. Well, I, you know, it's not the most exciting matchup. Um, so I was wondering maybe that you were a little bit more interested in what the, the listeners had to say. But we'll get to that later. Uh, we should get into the team, given that this is still a poor matchup, obviously. Falcons need to take care of business, need to keep that division lead and. Who knows, potentially try to go up a seat or two, given that they're only, what, a game or a half game away from a bye? Yes. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. I, I went back and watched at least the 49ers last week game. I've been doing a little bit of research into this game. We'll, we'll get a little bit more in-depth um, in a couple of days um, for Friday's show. And... Um, uh, it's. I think this is going to be an interesting to sort of see what sort of Falcon team shows up this Sunday because you know they're coming off of a blowout. Historically speaking, when the Falcons blow out a team, there's a little bit of a much tougher contest the week after. Um, you know, you you think about like last year's Houston game. You think about the Carolina game, which the final score wasn't a blowout, but it was a pretty much a blowout. And then the Denver game, which was a little bit more of a closer contest uh tampa bay game and then you know philadelphia coming off off the heels of that so um you know i I do think the falcons certainly have the favorable matchup in this but uh it it could you know it might not be sort of the as easy as it should be at least on paper well i just think san francisco's town level obviously going to season people are considering this team as the worst roster in nfl and I don't think they're very far off. I put them and Cleveland together. I do think Cleveland beats them. I know it's kind of been the trendy take, but I do think when you compare them both, especially now that Vance McDonald, who has quietly had a decent season, he's out for the year. So the man who scored two touchdowns against the Falcons last year, Garrett Selleck, <laughs> is back as the starter. Beware for him, I guess. But, yes. But, yeah, it's... It, because obviously the last time these teams played in the Georgia Dome, it was the NFC Championship game. So I was looking at what players remain from that team. Besides Kaepernick, Joe Staley, and Ahmad Brooks, who 
has torched us all. I don't think there's any other player from that team. I obviously want to count Bowman, but he's obviously out for the year. Yeah, um, and Staley's dealing with this uh, a hamstring injury, I think. So there's a chance he might not play. He didn't play last week against uh, the Jets. And Ahmad Brooks is a shell of himself. He's been babinoed at this point in his career. Um, Still has five sacks, so I don't know how great those five sacks are, but he's on a stat sheet. Okay, well, I, I, w- watching him this past Sunday, it was like, oh, what happened to Ahmad Brooks? But, um, no, I, I think, you know, I think – what you said earlier, the, the 49ers aren't a very talented team. I think that's been one of the reasons why they're one in 12. But the one thing I have noticed these last couple of weeks is they have been competitive for at least a half for the most part in most of these games. I think their problem is sort of that lack of talent is, is keeping them from sort of finishing games to a certain extent. But, you know, they've been playing some of these teams pretty tough. They, they really should have won the Jets game last week. Uh, if Phil Dawson doesn't miss two field goals, that game's probably not going into overtime and, and they wind up holding on, you know, they're up 23 to three at a certain point, as opposed to 14 to three or whatever, 17 to three or whatever they were. And, um, you know, they, they should have held on to win that game. Um, yeah. It would have helped if they could tackle ball pal before he gets seven yards. Yeah. They missed a lot of tackles. They did. It was, it was rough. Um, their defense, you know, their run defense is the worst in the league. Um, interesting. Which I'm still surprised by because think about it, they got Dorsey, who I know fans like to laugh at, but he's quietly garbage niche as a decent run defender. And I thought Quinn Dial showed some promise last year, at least against the Falcons, he did. But then again, he wasn't going against the starting caliber center. Well, you know, every every <laughs> everybody in our 49ers defense showed some promise in that game. That was uh, unfortunately probably one of our worst offensive performances of the year. Um, yeah, pretty much. I also couldn't help but notice that Zane Beatles is on the 49ers, your favorite left guard of all time. Yeah, he started at left tackle last week when, in place for Joe Staley. So if that oh, happens wow, Zane again, Beatles blocking to white free. Yeah, that'll be rough. You that'll have be... a lot of dark, dark dreams, Aaron, but <laughs> Zane Beatles versus the white free. I think you might frame that one. Yeah. You might uh, post like twelve gifts of that matchup. It's gonna be my gimmick. It's gonna be pretty tough for uh, Zane Beatles, or even if Joe Staley comes back, it's gonna be a tough matchup. I, I think yeah. their offensive line is having a down year. Yeah, I've, I've I've read those same things. So um, he doesn't, you know, he maybe he's checked out. I don't know. Yeah, you're playing for a one in twelve team, and like, it's hard for some of these veterans to get up. Like you took look at a Mod Brooks. Uh, Antoine Bethea, just some of these Just I know whether they're playing for a contract or not, but at this point, it's just like kind of season end already. Yeah, I think at a certain point, Joe Staley was in trade rumors talking about him getting shipped to, uh, was it Seattle and uh, who was the other team that was in the market for a left tackle? I don't know. Was it Minnesota? Yeah, I think it was Minnesota. So maybe the same was- could be said for Torrey Smith as well, who I can't believe only has 20 catches this year. I know he's dealing with concussion issues. But, man, for him to only have 20 catches, it's like, does he make like $8 million a year or something? Yeah, he, he hasn't been good in San Francisco. Um, well, this point, Cass, that's not, but he's always been a limited player. He's mostly a deep threat. He isn't someone that can consistently catch 70 passes a year. But I don't know if that's one of the worst contracts, if you want to compare him to Tavon Austin, but it's certainly not pretty. You know, I'd rather have Toy Smith on my team than Tavon Austin, but um, you know, contract-wise, it might be 
you know, it might be pretty contested, I guess, on who has the worst contract. I do want to give a couple of high notes to 49ers. I do think Carlos Hyde's still running pretty hard. He has some success. Look, I don't know if the Jets' defense is totally checked out. It sure looks like it, especially considering the reports, but they ran pretty well against that Jets' front seven, which yeah. was once a really feared unit. Besides Leonard Williams, though, none of those guys seem to be playing well. They're either disgruntled in the case of Wilkerson and Richardson, although for Wilkerson, I don't know why he'd be disgruntled, but that's a whole other story. Then you have a lot of just aging veterans and young players that aren't ready to be starters. So to me, I don't know how much stock you want to put into high running all over the Jets. But you know, look, I, I do see him, whether it was against New England or Chicago, I saw him running hard. So I still think he's definitely someone that should be taken seriously, especially given that San Francisco is starting to use him a lot on those option plays. I think they scored against Miami and against the Jets on a couple of throws where Kaepernick either faked it to wide receiver or faked it to hide and then got him, caught him on the flat and both went for touchdowns. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's probably going to be the centerpiece of the 49ers strategy. They are one of the better rushing teams in the league. It's not just the Jets that they've been having success with. They've been running over a bunch of teams. That, you know, they had 200 and some odd rushing yards against the Jets last week. But they, I think they've consistently had like 100-yard games the last month. I think they've had like 80, 90-yard games prior to that and, and whatnot. So um, I think there's, you know, they're probably their game plan is probably going to be um, – focusing on running the football and hoping that can sort of keep that really bad run defense from getting exposed against the, um, uh, against the Falcons offense and, um, you know, sort of control the clock and li- limit possessions and, and sort of borrow a page from the, the Eagles. Now, certainly I don't think they have the, the player and personnel to sort of, you know, win in the trenches like the Eagles did, but, uh, you know, if they can sort of, get some turnovers here or there and, and sort of get Matt Ryan uncomfortable, um, particularly if he if he can't rely on Julio Jones again this week, then, uh, you know, that's a formula that the 49ers can make this game certainly interesting. And I think if, you know, their, their formula for success is going to be uh, keeping the Falcons offense contained and, and prolonging this game or shortening the game, I guess, and prolonging their ability to, to play in it for as long as possible. And maybe we might get something like a low scoring one score game in the end, if it, if it all goes the 49ers way. But um, as you say earlier, their talent level sort of makes me doubtful that they can sort of win this game, but uh, you never know. That's, that's the beauty of the NFL is you never know what could happen. I do respect the running game, but at the same time, I think you're overblowing their success on the ground in terms of statistic. The Kaepernick scrambling pads those stats a lot, so I'm not ready to go say, oh, it's one of the more dangerous rushing units in the league. I do think Kaepernick, look, he's certainly a threat, and we saw, I want to say it was against the Packers when Rodgers was just picking up 15 yards at will at, will at times. Beasley and Freeney and whoever else is rushing up the edge need to not constantly just keep shooting it through the edge and just leaving that into uh, outside open. Like you saw Roger just step up in the pocket and immediately get 10, 15 yards. They need to – I know it's hard for Beasley given that he loves using a speed rush off the edge, doesn't really want to worry about discipline. But I think this might be one of the few games where you want to watch out. Certainly, I hope they don't waste Beasley as a spy too often because – Claiborne's not playing. I think that's why they kind of got away with it a little bit against Green Bay because they had a capable pass rusher like Claiborne. 
especially with Beasley's momentum right now, I don't see how you could waste him as a spy, especially given that you really expect the Falcons cornerbacks to handle the San Fran's wide receivers. Okay. Uh, I, I think you're, you're not wrong with anything you just said. I, I do think the 49ers run game, given our off our defense's troubles with stopping the run, I think it's going to be a lot more formidable than you think they are. Um, I think our defense really hasn't shown that they can really stop a, a read option play uh, for the most part this year. I think, you know, one of the things I noticed in that Jets game is how much they ran behind Trent Brown. And I think one of the ways that the 49ers are hoping that they can slow down Vic Beasley is by just having a, you know, Trent Brown was like 370 pounds or whatever he is and just have him just grind him down and just, you know, keep him playing the run as opposed to being able to pin his ears back. Now, all the all that being said, if the Falcons offense goes out and takes care of business, then it, it's not going to really matter all that much. And if we get a lead and the 49ers get into a situation where they have to throw the ball, um, you know, as opposed to hanging their hat on what is the best feature of their team, which is their run game, um, then it's not going to really matter all that much. So, you know, I don't want to act like, oh, I feel like, you know, the, I feel like I'm afraid of the 49ers run game, but I do think it's going to be something, you know, if they're going to make this game competitive, it's going to be heavily reliant on their running game, getting after our run defense. And I think, you know, at least based off of the last couple of weeks, I think our run defense is the biggest weakness of this team right now. Yeah, that's fair, especially – Given the obviously the Eagles game and the first half against Arizona, then a little bit against LA, so but we'll obviously get more into it on Friday. But uh, I would be shocked that this game is still competitive by the fourth quarter. I I w- I'm in the same boat. I'm just saying, you know, I I don't think it's, you know, I do feel like the 49ers will give put up more of a fight than the Rams did. I think, you know, it might wind up being a blowout because the Falcons just get the train rolling and do what they've done a lot, in, particularly in the third quarters of games and just dominate the third quarter. And by then the game is over, similar to what we saw against Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. But that, you know, if you think about that Tampa Bay game, it was a competitive game, you know, up through halftime. Um, and, and there's been several games where the Falcons have sort of opened things up in the, in the second half, but they were mostly competitive games going in the first two quarters this year. So I do think that's probably what we'll wind up seeing. So the final score might be the Falcons, up, you know, winning by 15 or 20 or something like that. But I think, if, you know, if you take a snapshot late in the second quarter, it might be, they might be up by like three or something like that. 49ers will score a touchdown before the fourth quarter. I can assure you that. <laughs> okay. All right. You want to get tied to interviews? Let's do that. All right, we got a couple. Uh, first one comes from Dante Selvatella. He gives us five stars. He's a huge Falcons fan from California. You guys are doing a great job. I switched to this podcast after AtlantaFalcons.com podcast disappeared, and I'm happy I did. I love the new structure with daily content and how realistic you both are. Your pessimism about our defense always brings a smile to my face, knowing I'm not the only one losing my mind when we can't stop anyone being out here in California. I don't get to talk about the Falcons enough, so it's great to hear others discuss the team on a day-to-day basis. Happy to show you guys around anytime you're in San Francisco for a game or just on a special holiday in April that California can celebrate. Go Falcons and keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Falling out was 15 years old again. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate the love, though. Yeah, man. Uh, 
We bring that realism, as uh, people like to say. Yeah. I appreciate it, Dante. And maybe I'll have to take you up on your offer. Yeah. He recognizes the defense is not very good. You know, we're vibing, me and him. So he's good in my book. All right. The next one comes from Vox J7. Five stars, new platform is the title of his review. Anytime you switch to a new platform, replacing someone else, you're going to have some detractors. It's inevitable. Aaron and Alan make almost no attempt to be entertaining. It's really just about analyzing the Falcons and I'd have it no other way. I'd like to think that we'd make some attempt to be entertaining, but yeah, that's, that's kind of hard. <laughs> Especially me. I'm the one that makes sometimes some punchlines. Um, a lot of really quality takes from both of them. Alan provides positivity in a steel trap memory and Aaron provides an unusual amount of negativity in the face of success. Ten and a half sacks in a seriously impressive season. Aaron, get on the Vic Beasley bandwagon. Come on. That's 13 and a half now. Yeah, he did this. He wrote this review before uh, Sunday's game. So, yeah, he's not wrong, by the way. But uh, I'll thank you for that. I'm not sure about us. Are we are we dull? Really? <laughs> we Man. make some attempt. Maybe we don't execute that attempt, but uh, we make some attempt to be entertaining. Look, I know, unlike some other podcasts, we don't go out of our way to make seven jokes and slander AMC South teams. We do know what uh, who Albert Wilson is. So. This is true. I think most people know who he is now. but um, <laughs> You yeah. should have known him when he pancaked the keep to leave the week before. Like like when people are slandering Albert Wilson, I was like, that man pancaked the keep to leave. Got my respect. There you go. It was on that Tyreek Hill touchdown, by the way. I don't know if people remember that Sunday night game, but you should. You should, because most of us have steel trap memories like you, Alan. Right. All right. Our last review comes from Barry Baller 10, five stars, titled, This Isn't Knox. As a listener <laughs> of the Falk fan and the locked and the, the, the locked on Falcons with Knox. Disclaimer, this isn't Knox. The way Alan and Aaron do their podcast is completely different from what you got from Knox. Even still, the podcast is good and well worth a listen. If you don't like it, you can go listen to The Falcoholic, and we'll be waiting for you when you get back. Keep up the good work, guys. Thumbs up emoji. Man, the slander continues. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I do want to make a point that... I do like that he points this out that I think on our iTunes page it still says with Knox Bardeen. We gotta get that changed. What is this? Yeah, we gotta we gotta work on that. Yeah, we gotta get a, a new picture. Either take his name out, put our name, whatever. But he makes a good point. He, he's clarifying to people on who go on iTunes to look at this podcast that's not Knox anymore. Yeah. So. Uh, to be fair, it's only the image that says with Knox Bardeen. Well, people just look at it and it's That's sometimes. true. That's true. You're right. So, to me, we do have to get that changed. Thank you for my answer. Thank you for the kind words. And, of course, the parting shot to my buddies. Absolutely. I'm saluting <laughs> you right now. You can't you can't see me, but I'm saluting you, Barry Baller, for the, the diss at the other podcast. So, yeah, every Tuesday night we'll be doing this. So, keep saying the reviews. We really appreciate them. All feedback is... Obviously, we'll take into consideration whether it's positive or negative. That's what we always do. And give us some good laughs as well. Remember, guys, the defense is coming together, finally. 
It's been 13 weeks in the making. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe uh, if they play Eli Manning in the playoffs, they'll come together. We'll see about that. Yeah. I'm I'm going to start leading Brigade that Eli Manning might not be a top 20 QB anymore. Like, I was going through my mind what QBs I'd rather have than Eli, and, like, I almost came up with 20. Someone I was on the borderline with, but... He hasn't been good for like five years. I know, but this year's on another level of bad. Okay. So, I don't know. By the way, I'm getting really tired of people slandering my guy Tyrod Tyra Taylor. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Tyrod Taylor hate out there in the world, you know. Un- unbelievable. I would take it. That Tyler Taylor, Tyler Taylor, Tyrod Taylor performance against the Seahawks on Monday night was one of those magical things. People love to drool all over Michael Vick in his prime. Give me that Tyrod Taylor performance against Seattle over anything Michael Vick did. Okay, that's bold statement there, but okay, I don't know if I can go there with you on that one, but sure. That's your hot take. Ending at that, you can find me at Al underscore Sturk, A double E N underscore S T R K. I won't be dropping any more Tyrod Taylor hot takes, but I do think he deserves more respect, especially from the dysfunctional organization and the madhouse fan base, Bills Mafia. I saw I saw a guy jump off a car, jump it on a ta- table, feet first, and he broke his foot. Who goes through a table feet first? Has this guy watched ECW in his life? God. You could have literally said anything and I would have believed you when it comes to Bill's Mafia. Uh, Well, Kanye and Trump meant to get (laughs) so anything's possible. (laughs) Oh, I'm at, I am on Twitter at Falk fans. How's about that guys for some attempt to be entertaining tonight? So. Yeah, let's do that. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be doing the All-22 review. Send your questions. We'll post a tweet tomorrow morning. Send it to me, Aaron, or preferably the Lockdown Falcons account, and we'll answer all the questions tomorrow. Try again, man, before 8 o'clock tomorrow night because we'll be recording around then. Absolutely. Because I know a few people asked questions last week, and they asked them like at 1030. I'm like, can't really do anything about that. So 4, 8 p.m. Eastern for the West Coast people. There you go. All right. We'll see you folks tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow, guys. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.